What it is, RJLA. I am Angela Birdsong, your conversation piece host on RadioJustice.org. In the real day-to-day happenings of urban living locally and worldwide. For you, while you're staying safe at home, or masked on the bus, train, plane, or social distancing everywhere. Today on Conversation Piece, Media Done Responsibly Virtual Film Festival with its founder, Chanel Curry, and later one of MDR Virtual Film Festival's directors, Zori Petrus, with her documentary, Defining Ourselves for Ourselves, Unhoused, Black and Female in L.A. Welcome to Conversation Piece. When I wake up, no makeup, have naked, I feel like I'm the shit. Pardon my language, but hangups do not define the kid. No, I'm not flawless, I'm scarred up and I'm fine with it. My body are the laundry list of all of life's unkindnesses, but I still sip tea and chant home and live free. Cause hardships and heartbreaks turn to rap epiphanies. And mom told me stay woke, cause all gold ain't glistening. Choose your words wisely, cause the all knowing's listening. But no worries, I'm Gucci, my thighs are low juicy, my dialogue, little awkward, my idols still move me. My life is a movie like Raheem and Mookie. I'm just trying to do the right thing. Hope that it improves me. My bamboos are custom to me. You'll be soon accustomed to me. This tomorrow I got royal hemoglobin coursing through me. And my strength is now inhuman. I get that straight from my umi. Signed in silver mouth, the grill of yours and truly. You better shine on them, baby. You a star. You better. Chanel Curry, welcome to Conversation Peace. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be back here. I so love you and I love this show. So thank you so much. Well, you are very welcome. And you know, I got nothing but love for you and the the ladies of Shattered Glass. And and I know know the audience is like, Shattered Glass? (laughs) So so just for a a quick moment, Chanel Curry who is this wonderful professor at Cal State LA in the film, television, media department. She does so many different things. And one of the things she has is this multimedia stage play called Shattered Glass. Yes. And it helps heal and reveal different emotional, physical, whatever type of relationship abuses that that women may be going through and she has so 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 the shattered glass staff is chanel kelly and dolly yeah in the audience <laughs> in the audience right 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 in the audience exactly because we get right. in the audience too you know we come down and get folks involved <laughs> right 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 Thank so you. media done responsibly yeah this is your baby ceo founder Tell us a little bit about Media Done Responsibly and how did you come with the idea to do a film festival? Yes, thank you so much. So Media Done Responsibly, you're right when you call it my baby. (laughs) 
because it's, it's, I feel like I've watched it birth and grow. And I think of it as a child in some sense, but the work of Media Done Responsibly, we are a, a charitable social enterprise and we work to provide education around media literacy and digital citizenship for young people, helping them to understand all of the media they consume in a 24 hour time period, understand how it impacts their lives, their belief systems, their socialization, to identify whether or not they are represented well in that media or even at all in the media that they're consuming constantly. And so um, it is a project that it started years ago as an initiative called Mother's Day Radio, where our goal was to address hyper-masculinity, um, this idea of violence and misogynoir against Black and Brown women in music videos. And from there, really the youth said, we want to be able to talk to our friends about the way that this media is impacting our lives and representing us in very limited ways. And we started this mentor program where we go into the colleges and universities, train college students how to create these workshops that really assess the media, break it down, where they're able to talk about their lived experiences and how they are reflected or not reflected in the media. And then they create workshops for middle school and high school students. And so, you know, from there, we blossomed into Media Done Responsibly and became a nonprofit organization where we have worked with over 15,000 uh, young people people throughout Los Angeles County and over the past several years. So that's really been great. Of course, when COVID hit, you know, the world flipped upside down. <laughs> so there was no more in-person school. So our students could not go into the classrooms in the same way. But from that, we looked at what is the need right now. And there was still a real need for connection. There was this feeling of isolation that our young people were experiencing. And that people, not even young people, you know, people were experiencing isolation um, too, too much. I guess screen time, like you had to be online constantly all the time in order to do any sort of connection, but it wasn't all healthy, right? So um, we created safe online spaces where folks just got together and had conversation. And we talked about the different issues that came up um, from racism to anxiety, to uh, pain, to cyberbullying, number of things. And then of course, when um, George Floyd was murdered, you know, we had to create spaces for Black folk just to come together and talk without an invent and have pain and share what our heartache was in a space where we did not have to pretend, in a space where we didn't have to hold ourselves up or look strong or be anything that could cause danger to us, additional danger to us. So we created really safe spaces um, and, and uh, we decided we're gonna do this on an ongoing basis. So we have not stopped since then. In January of this year, we launched our MDR Art House and Cafe. And that is this platform for us to have cafe conversations where we are really dialoguing communities, able to come together and have these amazing civil dialogues. And also we bring artists, 
um, singers, songwriters into the space because any sort of social justice has always been connected to the arts, always. This is how we're able to tell our stories. And it was actually one of our board members, Denise Pines, um, who said, we need to do a virtual film festival. Now she said that before quarantine before COVID even hit. Yes. And, you know, I played with it in my mind, but you know me, I had like 50 million things I was working on, you know, already. And I was like, okay, that, you know, that sounds like something maybe we could do. But when quarantine hit and we needed connection and like we had talked about earlier, everything shut down. So there are no going to mass concerts there are no season passes and season tickets to, you know, uh, the movies and all the other things that we might want to do. Um, we realized that we needed to create a space for us to come together and to celebrate film. And even deeper than that, to forge a space where communities of color, BIPOC, um, indigenous people, where um, immigrant people, where people dealing with disabilities, LGBTQ community, where people who have been traditionally disenfranchised have space to tell our stories from our perspective. So very often when we have this conversation about diversity in the film and media and television arena, that conversation happens after we see what's streaming on Netflix or Prime or Apple or all of the different streaming services now, or what's playing on network television and what's not. We look at it from the perspective of, you know, there needs to be more inclusion. There needs to be more stories that are being told that truly reflect our humanity. And all of that is true. But what we don't think about is where does that process start? Where does the process start for a film or a web series or whatever to be greenlit and get distribution? And that is the film festival. The film festival circuit is huge. And that is where we have filmmakers have an opportunity to showcase their work before anybody ever picks it up. It's where producers have an opportunity to come and see what's out there, where uh, distribution companies have an opportunity to look, get a first look at films, web series, TV shows, etc., and be able to make a uh, a decision about whether or not they want that on their uh, show or whether or not they want that on their platform. So something that is really important for us to do is make sure that we have film festivals that are geared toward telling the stories of communities of color, telling the stories of people who are traditionally disenfranchised and centering us as our own storytellers. That is key because now we've created this platform. There is no excuse for you to say then as a producer or as a distribution company, there's no excuse to say, I can't find those stories. Here we are. And so that's our role. Our role at Media Done Responsibly and our role with the film festival is to be that bridge to take these emerging filmmakers and storytellers, give you a platform to showcase what you're doing, and then give you access to industry professionals who can then see what you're doing and who can help support you, educate you, connect you to different writing programs, different uh, distribution programs, et cetera, that will help to get your stories shown and distributed.
So, and, and what you have on your, your website, you were talking about disrupting the single story that feeds institutional racism. Yes. Because as you're, as you're explaining all this, I know that there may be some people who say, well, every time I turn on the TV, there's black people. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're in commercials. Right. right. They're, they're in, in law and order. I, I, they have their own shows and, and what have you, but, but that's other people telling our stories. Yeah. Putting us in, in a, in a, in a, in a perspective that is one dimensional sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. There's that quote um, from Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, the Nigerian author, you know, and she talks about how powerful it is for someone to tell your story for you. And not only that, to make it the definitive story about you. And I just want you, Angie, just to imagine if someone you don't know who has not spoken to you, but has just seen you decided to write the autobiography of your life. Can you imagine that? They get to tell from their perspective, the way that they see you, what your life story is. They get to tell how you feel. They get to tell why you did the things that you did. They get to tell what you're going to do next. They're going to tell um, how other people should look at you. And not only are they telling your story, but they have the platform to distribute your story worldwide. So your story, which is obviously not your story, but their story about you goes worldwide and you don't have the power to refute that story. You don't have a platform to say, no, that's not who I am. This person doesn't even know me. You don't have that power. That is exactly the world that we live in right now, where and we can go, you're going to bring out my race justice in the media course right now. My professor hat is going to go on because we can really go back to this idea of colonization and people telling and defining us for us, telling a story that would justify based on this idea of race would justify brutalities and harm that have come to indigenous people that have come to black folk they were able to justify it because they told a story that said that we were three-fifths human or not human at all so this is where that storytelling begins and it has impacted and been a part of the foundation of this country and really around the globe for hundreds of years. And we have lived having to try to fight against this story on a constant basis, but not having the platform, not having the distribution and not having the level of power that we need in order to do that. So really that's how deep this goes. It is absolutely fundamentally necessary for us to correct what has been said about us with counter stories that reflect who we actually are. And in order to do that, and in order for this story to get out there, we have to create platforms that support that work. So that is everything that the Media Done Responsibly Virtual Film Festival is actually about. It is about giving us platform 
to tell our stories from our perspective and helping to get people into the right place to connect with those industry professionals who are of like mind and who want to share our humanity-centered stories to the world. Yeah. So no more single story. We are disrupting that single story that somebody else has written and spoken and sung about us that is false. Over and over and over over and over and over again. And impacting, like going back to the idea of the autobiography that someone has written about you, impacting your children, your children's children, your nieces, your nephew, all of them have this idea of you and of themselves based upon a story that you never told and you never had an opportunity to tell yourself. And so we're disrupting that. We're reimagining who we are based on the fundamental principles that make us who we are, as opposed to what we've been taught, as opposed to the principles and values that we've been socialized to believe are normal, right? Um, I know I'm, I'm, I'm about to get into class time right now. I'm getting deep on it. But we've been taught something that, that something is normal. And we're constantly seeing it played out on television and film. Uh, like we talked about seeing ourselves in a space as just the criminal, as living in poverty, as um, someone who is quote unquote, doing dirt in order to get by, you know, uh, hypersexual, hypermasculine, um, a, a whole range of things, not able to connect in relationship, intimate relationship and love relationships with one another. Um, I, you and I have talked about just the beauty of girlfriends coming together and talking and sharing and being a support system for, for one another. We don't see that. We don't see those stories being played out. And when that happens, um, it constantly impacts our worldview, our, our reflection of who we are, our levels of trust of one another, other people's levels of trust of us. And all of that needs to come down. All of that needs to be dismantled from the root. And we need to have our power back to tell our own stories in the way that we live them and the way that we experience them. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. And the, the, and the sad part is we get caught up in those lies yeah. because that, that's what you turn on. And right. I, look, I, I, I enjoy watching Law and Order, but every story in Law and Order that's about someone who looks like me is not me. Right. Right. Every story, every story. I do not see Angie Birdsong or right. any of Angie Birdsong's friends in those Law and Order stories. Right. And I have, you, you, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to to the pulpit, but that's why it's so important to have people like you, Thank media you. done responsibly, people who are going outside of themselves and say, "Hey, we're changing the landscape here." Yes. Like using your words, pulling this thing up from the roots, turning that soil and planting new seeds. Yes. And we're going to reap that wonderful harvest. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. That is what we are doing. It is a process and we're in it, you know? And I think when, um, sometimes when we watch these shows, you know, and you're saying, I don't see myself in it, it may feel disempowering because you don't know in what way you can change that. And 
a big part of when we start at the beginning, when we start from the place of the film festival, you have power to vote on films, you have power to reflect on films, we, we can we create audience awards so that we can hear from the people, we can hear from the community saying to us, this is the story I wanna to have told, right? This is the story that reflects who I am. And so you then as an audience member become a part of this process of deciding which stories get platform, which stories get distribution, which stories then will I be able to stream fully watching it on my television set or my iPad, whatever we're watching it on. There's so many devices now. Um, but you then have that power and that builds a level of connection for us. We're a, we're a people that loves to be connected to community and connected to one another. And I feel like you know, one of the things during the pandemic that we really missed was that level of connection. This is something that I have voice in. I can then connect to the filmmakers and to their stories. What should we be expecting at MDR Film Festival? Yes. So we have a great lineup of films. Um, I'm really excited. We have films that tell the story of Black, Indigenous, people of color. We have LGBTQ, LGBTQIA stories that talk about how do parents cope with and deal with and talk to their kids when they're coming out. And I think that's a really important story to have. And it's an important story to have in, um, in community with communities of color. So there's a story for folks who are in Hawaii. There's a, a story for um, African-American, an African-American dad who talks about his struggle with his son coming out. And a lot of times we don't want to touch that, right? But we really have to dig into that and talk about our love for our family, our love for one another, and really be honest with that, honest with um, how are we responding to our family members when they come and tell us something uh, like that. And especially if it's something that is in contradiction to belief systems that we may have held for years and for generations. Um, we have stories dealing with environmental issues. We have a wonderful uh, film that is called Defining Ourselves for Ourselves. And it is so powerful. It looks at black women and girls who are housed, who are um, homeless and have housing insecurity. And, so, and it tells the story through their lens. It tells the story of their experience, their struggle, what is needed and what is necessary. And I love the title, Defining Ourselves for Ourselves, because that is the essence of what this festival is about. And, and they do that in this. And so um, we have that coming up. And then we also have some you really- a guest. Would you say? <laughs> Zori, Zori is going to be a guest on this same show later. Fantastic. Yes, yes. Hi, Zori. Shout out to Zori. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I'm so excited to have Zori and some of the other filmmakers come and share their experiences. And Zori is also going to be on a filmmakers panel that we're going to have on Saturday, March the 6th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we wanted to bring together some filmmakers who are addressing um, deep social issues through their film. So there's um, one that is dealing with uh, with police violence, um, really the killing of an unarmed black boy, but through the lens of a police officer who 
saw it happen and has to make a decision on whether or not he's going to come forward and tell the truth about his experience. We um, have films uh, dealing with uh, toxic violence, really, and abuse, mental health issues as well. Um, we have films that are dealing with um, uh, um, people who are dealing with homelessness and also uh, people who are in the foster care system is another one. So there are a variety of different films that we are platforming and showing and people have really put their heart into creating these stories. And so I'm really excited to have that. But the other big part of what we're doing is we're bringing together industry professionals to come and talk to the community about what it is to create film um, their journeys, their stories, how we can get involved, um, how emerging filmmakers, what are the right steps to take in order to get into the industry and what does that even mean um, for independent filmmakers as well. So we have a really great uh, lineup. I know on Friday, March 5th, um, we have uh, Byron Hurt, who is a documentary filmmaker. He created a film called Hip Hop Beyond Beats and Rhymes, which I absolutely love. If you have not seen that, definitely check that out. Um, also, we love Red Table Talk. Um, the former president of Red Table Talk is going to be on, Kibi Anderson. She's going to be on that Friday as well at 6 p.m. And then Saturday, we have a full day, Saturday, March 6th, we have our filmmakers panel at 11 a.m. And then we have what I mentioned earlier, our conversation, our cafe conversations where the community gets to talk. So I don't want people to feel like they're just being talked at. I want people to come together and know that there is a community here ready to listen to you, to ready to get your input. You're a part of this village. And so that's going to be a part of our cafe conversations. We're in a virtual space that has virtual tables. And so um, it's different than Zoom where you have to go to these breakout rooms, but everybody is able to connect with each other at these virtual tables, do a little networking as well. And then that evening um, or a little later in that afternoon at 3 p.m., we're going to have some community organizations come and share uh, the work that they do. What are some solutions that we can connect to um, that are related to the different issues that the films brought out? So that's that first week. I'm excited about that. And then the following week on uh, the 10th, um, well, the 8th actually is International Women's Day. So we're going to have, we're going to be featuring the films that have been made by women and directed by women directors. And that's going to be, and we're going to have a special offering for all of those films on the 8th of March. And then on the 10th, we're going to have um, a couple of really great speakers, Sherry Page from Ryan Murphy's Half Initiative, and also Jennifer Gottsfeld from P Participant Media. So they're going to present as well. And then on March 11th, hold on, I have my, my whole background here. We have our <laughs> award show, and that's where uh, your audience awards, everything that you have, you know, all the films that you've looked at, we're going to announce the winners and then also announce some um, industry professionals who are really taking that step toward creating socially responsible media, where in their principles, their policies, their practices, and their platforms, they are inclusive. They're telling humanity-centered stories. It is their first and foremost effort to create spaces that are diverse and that are inclusive and that reflect the humanity that we live in. So we're going to be honoring them with Media Done Responsibly, Humanity Centered Media Awards, and I'm really excited about that. 
You should be. And you also have an animation category and a music video category. Yes. Yes, we do. So we have some animation. We have music video as well. Um, and one of the music videos I, I absolutely love. Uh, it's a good, I'm not a judge, so <laughs> I don't I don't get to judge them, but uh, it just brings me so much joy every time I watch this. But we do, we have a jury um, that's going to be voting on some of the films. And so we have certain categories that I feel like are different than the traditional categories that we normally see when we're looking at a film and, and testing and validating whether or not a film is worthy to move forward. Speaking of, of the judging, you know, I, I saw that you guys have these, these standards and one of them is the DuVernay test. Yes. What, 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 are, what, what, what is the DuVernay test? <laughs> Explain these standards, please. Right. So we wanted to make sure that we had standards that also show that we are being very conscientious about who is centered in the stories and also who is doing the storytelling. And so the DuVernay test based on Ava DuVernay uh, is one of those tests that looks at are there Black people who are centered in the story? And if so, are they just talking about race or are they living their life like we live our lives, right? Like we're not always, you know, 24 seven talking about, oh, I'm black. I, ooh, I woke up black. Did you wake up black? You know? <laughs> and so, you know, that's, that's again, looking from the outside perspective in the othering of us, but no, are these really rich stories and one of the rating elements of that is, are there other people who are representing us in our place, right? Who are taking the story and um, taking it for their own when it is really not their story to tell. And so that's something that's important. There are other tests on there as well. The Bechtel test, which is dealing with how do women relate in the story? Are they, do they have lines in this story? And if they do, are they constantly talking about men in the story, right? Or are they able to have other intelligent conversations <laughs> that don't just center around, oh, a boy, or, you know what I'm saying? Um, so we have a variety of those, um, the risk test that also looks at the Muslim community and how is that community represented? Is it stereotyped? And, um, or are the these full human beings with full characters who have lived experiences and who, um, who are the center of their own story. And so all of those things are, are elements that we want to be extremely conscientious about. We're using something called the Mediaversity, um, which is one of our sponsors. We're using the Mediaversity scale. And um, that also looks at a number of these different issues to kind of uh, assess whether or not these are stories that we want to be told about us or about these particular communities. Where can we find the film festival? Where, where, how, do we, how do we sign up? Right, so excellent question. You want to go to um, mdrff21.eventive, and that's E-V-E-N, 
T-I-V-E.org. And so it stands for Media Done Responsibly Film Festival 21, but mdrff21.eventive.org. And that will open up the film festival right there. Um, you can also check our Instagram at Media Done Responsibly. We'll have all of that information listed. Um, and you'll, you're right now, we have our passes on sale. As the festival is getting going, we'll also have individual tickets on sale as well for people to to engage in the films. Um, we have all panel passes because we have pre-recorded panels and we have the live panels. So if you wanna buy a pass and you can pop in and out of all of the different panels that we have offered, you can do that right there. Perfect, perfect. So what is next for Media Done Responsibly? Well, the film festival we're going to do on an annual basis, and we're also wanting to offer ongoing films that we show throughout the year as well um, through our MDR Art House and Cafe. But next on our agenda, because 2021, we are not stopping, okay? Next on our agenda is our school. We're opening our virtual school. So the Media Done Responsibly School of Media Literacy Education. And we are opening a virtual school because one, I'm asked often to go and to teach in other places. I, I teach for the Digital Wellness Collective, which is um, a global trade association of digital wellness experts. I've been asked to teach in other places, People have asked us for our curriculum who are not in Los Angeles, not in California. And so we wanted to make sure that they have access to that. And so we're creating a virtual online school where people can come get certification in the work that we're doing and take it back to their classrooms. Like that's really important. There's so many different issues that we have to look at in the media landscape and in the digital world. Um, looking at algorithms and creating anti-racist, anti-biased algorithms is one that is super critical. So having conversations about that is important. How to negotiate 24 hours of media consumption, right? Um, it, it's There was a time when our young people were online or engaged in media for 13 hours a day. That was pre-COVID. That was pre you know, quarantine. And so how do we now look at some of the effects like anxiety, um, isolation that people are dealing with, social, social isolation, depression, et cetera, um, issues with body image, but also not seeing yourself reflected correctly or accurately or fully as your full humanity in the media? And then how do we have power to disrupt that on the one hand and then plant new seeds and build something new on the other hand? So it's, it's important. Media literacy, media literacy education is really critical. There's a big conversation around it nationally right now and in some places globally as well to make it an official part of the curriculum. We have regular written literacy where we're understanding that that is critical and important, but we don't as often think about the importance of our young people being able to assess all of the media that they're consuming, understand how um, media is created and very often is a tool for those people who have ownership of that to, again, reflect you back in a way that is not about you at all, but about the story that they want to tell about you, right? And so it's important for us to have an understanding of this. And technologically speaking, things are moving so swiftly and quickly 
and uh, we have a lot of AI and we need communities of color to be at that table. We need black people at that table, Latinx communities at that table, indigenous people at the table, um, Asian people at the table. We need people who are disproportionately not represented to have the knowledge of how to create this AI and also how to assess whether or not it's based in bias stories. So that's a big part of, of what we're interested in doing. See, look, you you went down, you asked me, you went down that rabbit hole, right? What do you have doing next? What are you doing next? <laughs> right, so, but, right. But but we are, and it's it's important work and it's exciting work as well. And so the three initiatives really connect with our three pillars, media literacy, which is the school media production, which is the film festival and media justice, which is our art house and cafe. And so it sounds like a lot, but it's really based in the three pillars, which are that foundation of media done responsibly. Thank you so much for, for, for spending time with me on conversation piece to talk about your film festival. Congratulations on, on launching this and, and all of the positive creative interactions that you've been doing during the pandemic and in 2021. Yes, thank yes. You. You're welcome. Thank you so much. And Angie, thank you for this space. Thank you for connecting with our community in the way that you do. You really are the epitome of that media done responsibly, that creating platforms for us to tell our stories um, and to have a voice in the community. And I, I appreciate that. This is truly a conversation piece. You know, it, it truly is. So I appreciate you very much. You're welcome to God be the glory. Media Done Responsibly is not letting up in 2021 as it presents Media Responsibly Virtual Film Festival, featuring a host of guest speakers and films that center Black and BIPOC individuals, March 3rd through the 10th, with an award show on March 11th. For more information, passes, and tickets, visit Media Done Responsibly on Instagram or Facebook for details. I'm your host, Angela Birdsong, and you are listening to Conversation Piece on RadioJustice.org. Next, film director Zori Petrus. I want to write a song that can cause a revolution. I got to write a song that can cause a revolution. I need to write a song that can cause a revolution. But they don't want to stand. They like clothes, they defeated lactose I scream the bars, plateau is never reaching past Though as I'm scheming far like Plato This is the cave or path close to feet of fight We ain't reaching for the light, my sister's dreaming to be right We complex in the complexion, they be stressing on correction And they skin this an extension of a colonized succession Fuck the light and cream the high behind the screams of ideologies Manifest destiny philosophies But not every revolution can foster evolution One truth in its fruition, I'm confusing the pollution Important for a president, cause frankly it's the Benjamins Systems of oppression, now we never change the sentiment. Like the social status, now we master all the apps. Not the schools, it's only social classes graduated at. Social network is your total net worth. You better photo that first before this super doc is cold the next verse. The power, the money, the lies, the greed, the fight, the struggle, the cries. We bleed, disguise, the light, the shines in me, the cycle, the just. Zori Petrus, welcome to Conversation Peace. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Right. Finally, after a few months, I think. Yes. I remember you said you wanted to interview me and I was really excited and looking forward to that. So I'm happy we're finally doing it. 
Right. And, and we have this, this perfect combination going on because you're, you have your film defining ourselves for ourselves, unhoused, Black and female in LA. And you're going to be in Media Done Responsibly Film Festival. Yes, I'm super excited uh, and thankful we got accepted into it. So I'm really looking forward to the festival. Right. Congratulations. Thank you. So tell us about, about this film. Why, what, what led you to do a film about unhoused Black females in LA? Well, um, the idea came from Dr. Hutchinson, Stakibu Hutchinson, and I'm a part of Women's Leadership Project and have been since I was a sophomore in high school and now I'm in my second year of college. So I've been with the group a long time and we just came up with the idea and thought we should tell these stories that you don't really hear in the media or the film industry. So we want to share those experiences with um, a whole new group of people. So, and I'm glad the film has been well, well received so far. How many film festivals has it been selected for? I believe three. I know Media Down Responsibly and then the New York Film Festival and one more. So <laughs> I'm really looking forward to um, seeing it in all, all those festivals and for it to be my first uh, documentary film to be accepted into different festivals is so exciting. Um, um, I can't even explain how exciting that is. Right, that is very, very exciting. With, with, uh, with, with your film, what do you want people to walk away with after watching it? What do I want people to walk away with? Um, just a better understanding of what Black women go through. Um, obviously, not every Black woman experiences the same thing, but in the film, you know, we talk about women who are unhoused currently and have been unhoused in the past. And everyone in the film is a different age range. We have some that are my age being 19 up to, I want to say 40 something. And um, I just want people to get a better understanding of how everything is not black and white. There's so many different experiences that people are going through that we don't even know. People could be going through going to school and being experiencing homelessness at the same time. Like one of our our um, people in the film, she was going to Cal State Long Beach and she was living in her car. And I didn't even know that. And I knew her a little bit through Women's Leadership Project. And that just blew my mind because you never really know what somebody is going through. So just being more empathetic towards people and sympathetic and just learning people's stories. So that's one of the reasons why the film was made so we could let people know, you never know what's really going on in a person's life, basically. Right, because when, uh, when I, I, I had the pleasure of, of watching your, your film, actually twice, and some of the, the stories, you know, when you're, when you're in high school, cause you, you know, you have somebody who was in high school, um, who was um, dealing with being unhoused. And like you said, someone in college. And when you are a high school student, you're not thinking that someone sitting in your class at your school, a friend doesn't have a place, doesn't have a room of their own. 
you know, or, or even a room to share, but doesn't have a roof over their head and their own private bathroom or, or a kitchen a refrigerator to open constantly and see, you know, what, what's in there like, like we do in our, in our homes. And I, that's one of the things that I appreciated about your mini doc was that what you want us to get from it is to, to open our eyes to what may not be obvious. Exactly. Like we might complain about stuff. Um, even if you're in an older apartment, you, you might think, oh, we need a new toilet or I wish the door wouldn't screech when you open and close it. But, you know, some people only have their car doors that they had to deal with. And yeah, it blew my mind when I found out that the girl in high school, because I'm friends with her, how she was dealing with that. And because like I said, you never know what somebody's going through and what their family is dealing with. So I'm thankful they're not in that situation anymore. But, you know, some people, that's an ongoing situation that they have to constantly deal with. Yeah, some very deep, serious um, topic that you that you have here for us to to watch and for us to um, you know to to like you said to be more sympathetic towards because your your mini doc also breaks a stereotype of what we think of someone being homeless or unhoused. Exactly, and that's another thing we want to touch on because when usually the majority of people, when they hear the word homeless, they think, oh, a tent on the side of the street and boxes and a sleeping bag. But that's not the only form of homeless of homelessness. You could be crashing on a friend's couch or living place to place with friends or family, even people in the foster care system at times, you know, because, and that's something we touch on in the film also is being in the foster care system, um, living in your car, like the girl, she said at one point in the in the film, her family was living in the car in front of the old house they used to live in. And I can't even imagine how emotionally traumatic that is alone. Like you grew up in this house and you're sleeping outside of it in your car. So yeah, there's different forms of homelessness. You could be in an RV. I've see, I see a lot of those on the street. Yeah, so that's something we really wanted to touch on is there's multiple forms of homelessness. Now, so how, how long have you been doing films? Well, I started out in photography first, but films, I would say since high school, because that's when I really started to get into film more. I took two video production classes um, as electives, but you know, I loved the courses so much because I have a huge interest in it, obviously. And then, um, yeah, since high school, I know we did one little three-minute film or five-minute film with WLP a couple years ago. Uh, Dr. Hutchinson's mom was in it. Dr. Hutchinson was in it. And then a teacher I had at my high school and then some WLP members. I was even in it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think that's when I really started getting into film more. And I would go to the movies a lot and appreciate films from a photographer standpoint and a filmmaker standpoint. So constantly learning again, um, the craft made my passion grow more for filmmaking. And then my sister, she's a photographer, photographer and filmmaker. So growing up seeing her do her first storyboard in high school and actually doing her first short film that she wrote and directed. 
I, I think seeing that really made me go, oh, I want to do this too. You know, little sisters want to be like their older sister. So Right, right. And, and you also said during the, the pre-interview mm-hmm. that photography is something that is multi-generational in your family. Yes. And I think that's so amazing because my great grandfather, he had a dark room in his um, garage or somewhere in his house. And my grandmother, she she would go in there and then she had her camera that she would take with her everywhere. Um, and I, I use her that specific camera now to this day. I take it everywhere pretty much like she did. And then my sister, she's a photographer and filmmaker. So it trickled down unintentionally just it just happened I guess it's in the blood or something (laughs) (laughs) now when when you're when you're making a film and specifically um, let's talk about defining ourselves for ourselves when when you're making a film how much of it is planned versus just on the spot impromptu spontaneous writing and directing so for defining ourselves for ourselves this is a short documentary um, and my first official uh, film that I, I created. So it was a learning process that taught me so much. You know, when you're doing something, you learn so much along the way. And I'm thankful I did that because it's prepared me for future films I want to do and ones that I'm working on now. But for this one, um, obviously there's pre-production planned, you know, scheduling interviews. Um, Dr. Hutchinson did a lot of that because she produced it and she introduced me to Suzette Shaw, who is a skate row activist. That was the first interview we did. So um, just the main prep that went into this was scheduling, figuring out what lenses I wanted to use, how I want to, um, you, which audio to use, and then prepping which B-roll to get for the film. And the rest was just letting the interviewer talk interviewee talk and tell their story so and then I just put it all together how I felt flowed right and felt right to watch if you had to do the film over again what would you do differently this might sound crazy but more gear so I shot this on one camera um, and if I had the option at the time I would choose to have another camera to get multiple angles and then um, use just better equipment, but I like to say it's not always about the equipment, it's what you make with what you have. And because you could tell great stories with one camera. And I feel like we achieve that with one camera. So, because you want to focus on the person telling their story. But if I had to choose, I would add a second camera to get different emotion on their face and showcase that. What inspires you? What inspires me so much, honestly, but I would say people inspire me and just talking to them and getting to know them. Like every time I talk to you, I, I love it so much because you're such a creative person and you know a lot about different topics. And then um, going to the beach inspires me, seeing the film or a TV show. I, I like to pay attention to not only the dialogue, but also how they film I like to figure out how they would film this scene and light, light the certain scene. So um, I feel like I learned that way too, along with watching behind the scenes. Um, just things around me inspire me. Music inspires me, whether I'm listening to a new song or watching a music video. 
um, my mom, my sister inspire me. So I guess the top thing is people and talking to people. Right, right. And then speaking, speaking of music, okay. But, but everybody else doesn't know is that you are also a musician. Yes. And you uh, play multiple instruments. Yes, I play four instruments. Viola, uh, drums, guitar, and piano. I started out young in music. Um, I think I was seven when I started to play viola. So I got into that the classical world, which is amazing. And I feel like that's such a great foundation to have getting into music, learning classical. And my sister plays cello and a few other instruments as well. So we would have our, um, we have private music lessons along with being in orchestras, different orchestras. So I thought that was pretty amazing. And then like my sister plays drums. So, you know, naturally I want to do what she did. <laughs> and I, I even moved the drum set to my room when we were at our house. And I think I did it when she wasn't there. I called her and I asked her, can I move it in my room? And she was like, go ahead. So I did that and I would practice a lot of um, songs by ear. So I started learning obviously rock songs and then R&B songs. Um, but now that I'm in a, an apartment, I just like practice with my drumsticks on my bed or some surface. And then I think it was a couple years ago, I started teaching myself guitar and about a year ago, piano. So most recently is guitar and piano and I'm still working to perfect those. But um, yeah, music is a big part of my life. Was that your music in, in, the, in, the, in the mini doc, Defining Ourselves? No, unfortunately not. But my future films, I plan to do the score for that, for those. I, I, that's a goal of mine to write my own scripts, direct the movie, and even do the score for some of them. Do you find yourself filming all the time? I know you say you take your, your, your camera with you, specifically your grandmother's camera with you everywhere. But are you, do you find yourself just having more archived film than you know what to do with? Definitely. Um, yes. I, I, I try to document as much as possible, even if it's, I take my camera to the grocery store. So, because you never know who you're going, going to meet, you know, and you never know what how the light is going to look at a certain time of day. Like I went to the grocery store with my mom and there was um, a laundromat next to it. And it was like overflowing with the soapy water. So I got out the car and took photos of that. And unfortunately, fortunately that role got messed up because it was on film. It wasn't with my digital camera, but it's in, in, ingrained in my brain. So just, I could see it clear as day, like I'm still there. It's great when I have my digital camera because I could record film and take photos. So I'm like, that's the beauty of digital. So back up, you know how to develop negatives. Yes, I do. I learned at um, my college, which I'm really thankful for. And I miss going because I loved being in the dark room using the enlargers and just processing my film and developing it, printing the photos, seeing it come to life and in interacting with the actual photo itself. Because I feel like people now with digital, they don't really take the time to appreciate what they actually took a photo of. And 
I try to print my digital photos as well because there's a different feeling when you when you actually hold the photo. Yeah, I, I love processing my black and white negatives. If you had to give advice to anyone who is interested in pursuing a dream of making films but has not taken any steps, what advice would you give them? Honestly, just get started. You could make films on your phone because phone quality is is been upgraded so much since like since cell phones have came out, you know, you weren't able to, to make a film on your Motorola flip phone, you know? So if you could start with, if you have an iPhone, you could, there's iMovie you could have on there and you could just make little short films with your friends or even of your pets and just getting started with that and learning the technical aspects when you start to actually use a camera. I was telling my friend the other day, she wants to get into photography. I was like, just start learning the basics and getting comfortable and taking it, taking your camera everywhere and figuring out what you like to shoot. So, and that goes for photography and filmmaking, just taking your camera everywhere, learning how you process creatively and what you, what you love to photograph or film and what, what your passion is. So just follow that. And the rest will come like naturally. That's what I've noticed because I'm still learning a lot. I feel like you're never too old to say, you know, everything because you're constantly learning in life. So, and whoever says, oh, I know it all. I, I believe they're lying. <laughs> oh, so, they most definitely are lying. <laughs> yeah. Some you could say, oh yeah, I know how to do that. But somebody might do have a different approach of doing that same thing you know how to do. So just being open-minded, I would say, is another key factor. And being open to criticism, because even though you might not want to hear it, you're like, you might think later on, oh, that's a good idea. That was some great advice. And you could carry that on. And just studying your craft and looking up to people who are in your industry that you want to be like, but be your own person at the same time. How can we find you? What's your website? My website is photographybyzori.com. And I have an Instagram as well, which is that underscore two. Zori, and that's Z-O-R-R-I-E for our listening audience, photographybyzori.com. And you can find her on probably all the social media platforms. Yes. Everybody, make sure that you see Zori's documentary, Defining Ourselves for Ourselves, Unhoused, Black, and Female in L.A. at Media Done Responsibly Virtual Film Festival 2021. For more information, go to Media Done Responsibly Facebook page or Instagram page, or go to their website, mediadoneresponsibly.org. For housing, shelter resources, and crisis support and helplines, please visit NamiUrbanLA.org. Zori, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again to film director Zori Petrus, and thanks to Shawnell Curry, founder of Media Done Responsibly Virtual Film Festival, where you can see Zori's documentary, Defining Ourselves for Ourselves, Unhoused, Black, and Female in L.A. Produced by Women's Leadership Project at womensleadershipla.org. 
For film festival information, check out Media Done Responsibly on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you to Leslie Radford, Adam Rice, Michael Washington of MRSO for the opening and closing theme song, and always you, our RGLA family. Reach us on Radio Justice Facebook. Give us some love. Give us some likes as you listen to us worldwide anytime on radiojustice.org. I'm Angela Birdsong. Once again, thank you for allowing me to share this special experience of conversation piece on Radio Justice with you. Remember to be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be brave. Be courageous. And let all that you do be done with love.